You're listening to the feed. This is the feed. This is the feed. The feed. You're listening to the feed. In Markham. In Richmond Hill. You're listening to the feed in Vaughan. In Stouffville. In Woodbridge. In Unionville. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer, and this is The Feed. We are York Region's only news magazine show dedicated to the issues, events, and stories that matter to all of us who live and work here. This is our last edition of The Feed for 2019. As we look back at the year that was, we also look forward to 2020. We have advice from a success coach on whether New Year's resolutions are indeed a good idea. We'll also hear from psychic Nikki about her predictions for 2020. But we begin with a few reminders if you're hosting a holiday party. It's the time of year when people like to host parties, and there are certain restrictions and rules that need to be learned and adhered to, just for the average layperson. Let's go live right now to Richard Anderson. He is the Executive Director of SmartServe Ontario, and thank you for joining us. What do you do at SmartServe? Uh, Our responsibility is to deliver the Responsible Sale and Service Program to those that are in the hospitality business in Ontario, and that covers hotels, restaurants, bars, grocery stores, you name it, uh, from a legal requirement. And then, of course, we like to educate people in general on alcohol and hosting events at home. Uh, That's our overall uh, rationale for our existence. What is my responsibility as a person throwing a party, let's say, on New Year's Eve? Uh, host liability is a wonderful term. It is a, a legal responsibility of anyone hosting a party to be responsible for the health and safety and well-being of their guests. And in doing so, there's many things that you can do to look out for uh, your guests while they're celebrating uh, under your roof. Your training involves some very technical terms like blood alcohol level, uh, knowing the difference between someone who can uh, manage a drink or two and someone who might be very slim or hadn't eaten properly prior to drinking. And they may be, uh, I guess, uh, drunk uh, a little faster than others. So what do I need to know? What do we need to know in terms of monitoring when we're hosting a party without being a party pooper? Sure. I think, uh, you know, it's important that you announce to your guests ahead of the event that, hey, I want you to have a good time, but I want you to make sure you plan ahead if you're going to drink, uh, that we don't want you to drive home. So in letting your guests know up front that that's important as the host. Secondly, uh, monitoring your guests drinking, and there's some simple ways to do that, but the easiest way may be to say, uh, to one of your friends, guests, neighbors, you're the designated bartender. Uh, when you allow guests to bring their own alcohol and pour their own, you can't monitor uh, how much they've consumed. So that is a method to do that. And I think as well as you know, coordinating rides, having you know, spare bedrooms, arranging for parking, all those things are being proactive to ensure your guests know that you won't stand for anybody drinking and driving. I weigh 150 pounds. I'm five foot four. My boyfriend is 200 pounds and he's six foot two. What's the difference when it comes to how each of us would respond to alcohol? Sure. The the rule of thumb for when we talk about blood alcohol concentration, and unless you've taken the program, it's not our aim to confuse people. Uh, we want you to keep an eye on your patrons. There's no question that alcohol impacts people differently based on uh, weight, gender, whether they've eaten or not, whether they consumed anything before they arrived, whether it be 
cannabis, illegal drugs, prescription drugs. There's so many factors that can impair someone. So really, we're trying to keep it simple by watch your patrons and look for signs of intoxication. And that's the simple ones. Are they staggering? Are they slurring their words? Are their eyes red? Do they not seem themselves? And those are some simple pointers to look for when keeping an eye on your guests. And once you determine, uh, if, to the best of your knowledge, uh, that someone is uh, drunk, uh, is uh, not really capable of taking care of themselves and certainly not going behind the wheel, what do you do? Yeah. I think it's important that you say to them, hey, you've had a little too much to drink. We'd really like to suggest you sit down and have something to drink. Uh, you know, offer them non-alcoholic beverages so there are alternatives. Uh, and it's at this point, it's, it's a matter of time. Depending on how much alcohol is in their system, uh, you know, it takes a while to sober anybody up. And I think that's the responsibility. And if they are at a point where uh, it, they're too intoxicated, that's when you uh, kick in with your plan on either we're putting them to bed or we're going to give them a cab or an Uber or a Lyft ride home. And as long as you have those plans in place, uh, that will definitely lessen your uh, liability. You bring up a very good point when it comes to the amount of time needed to get the alcohol out of your system. A lot of people the next morning after a party will get behind the wheel, not realizing that they may still blow over. Correct. And it's ironic that you make that point. And we're doing a ride campaign next week with the Toronto police. And that's going to be our messaging that be be very clear if you've been drinking till one or two in the morning and maybe you Ubered home, that there is a a good chance that you could still be intoxicated. And that's anything over 0.05. And to just be wary of that. And and it's tough to self-diagnose yourself, but it is important to always weigh that if you know man, I drank a lot last night and uh, I'm probably not fit to drive this morning. So it's important to always weigh those things. You know, you make so many good points. And one of them is that you are responsible as the drink pourer or as the host of a party. So how far does that responsibility go uh, beyond obviously trying to prevent uh, a, a situation where someone is injured at very worst, of course, uh, a life lost uh, because of being impaired. But what are the legal ramifications if something does go wrong as the host or as the drink pourer? Sure. I think there's no question that, you know, obviously the courts will always determine negligence. They'll determine if you took the appropriate measures to prevent your guests from drinking and driving. Uh, so at the end of the day, during an investigation, they'll assign uh, liability on a percentage to the server, the host, et cetera. And this happens certainly in, in a bar and restaurant scenario also. Uh, and that's not a number that obviously we can just come up with, but uh, from an investigation. So what does it mean? It could result in fines. It could result in jail time. So it's really important that you don't uh, allow that to take away from the enjoyment of, uh, and, you know, enjoying hosts, hosting family and friends. Richard, what happens if somebody is drinking before they get to the party or they go off and drink somewhere? else after the party, where does that leave the host? Yeah, I think uh, that one continues to be a bit gray, but at the end of the day, if it resulted in, in some kind of incident or an injury or death, uh, they'll investigate that 
individual's whole evening and where they were and whose house they were at, who served what. So, you know, the, the law right now basically says as a server, I'm responsible for that individual uh, from the point of intoxication until I get them home safely in their bed. And that would, you know, also stand for someone who's hosting a, a house party. And should we t- uh, open the can of worms, the most recent, which is cannabis? I'm not sure that people at this stage are thinking about having a, a tray of, of uh, um, joints uh, alongside the <laughs> the glasses of wine and beer, but you know yeah. I know that it's something that everyone is grappling with in terms of the, of the legalities and of the moral issue involved with that kind of service, I suppose, at a party. But where do you stand at Smart Serve? Sure, I think so. Our messaging to those that are Smart Serve certified, and certainly to those that are hosting is intoxication's intoxication. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, uh, medicine, legal, illegal, drugs, or alcohol. Uh, signs and symptoms are similar. So you, you need to treat that the same way. I, I think from a smart serve perspective, we see more of a concern around edibles than we do around passing around a, a tray of joints, so to speak. I think you're going to see and are seeing a lot more people experimenting, trying, you know, the candies, et cetera. Uh, and I think right now it's in a, a very clear experimental stage. So you as a host would hold the same responsibility of having alcohol available as to combining it with uh, other legal or illegal drugs. So uh, there is still a very clear responsibility there around intoxication. I suggest people go to your website. It's fascinating and it's full of great information. What is the bottom line from your perspective uh, as far as the message to our viewers and our listeners? Sure. I think uh, we continue to say plan ahead, have a plan for someone that might get intoxicated, make those arrangements, and and bottom line, be responsible for your guests. Thank you, Richard. Richard is the Executive Director of SmartServe Ontario, and a Happy New Year to you and the entire team. Thanks, Anne, and to you. As 2019 is just about to come to a close, many of us are thinking about how we're going to approach 2020. One thing that is top of mind for many is making a New Year's resolution. Should you do it? Is it a good idea? Is it good for you? Sandy Rutherford is a success and mindset coach. She works with Bob Proctor. She joins us on the feed right now. What an honor to have you with us, Sandy. Thank you, Anne. It's a delight to be here. Who is Bob Proctor and what do you do with him and what does he give to you? So Bob Proctor is legendary. Bob Proctor is considered one of the top success and mindset, uh, success and prosperity teachers in the world. He's one of the top thought leaders of our time in the whole arena of personal development and success and human potential and the power of the subconscious mind. He was in the movie The Secret. A lot of people know him from that. Did his experience resonate with you? Was there something in your life that ran parallel to what Bob went through to get to the point that he's at today? Yes, absolutely, because uh, I had a very successful career as a physio in my first life, back uh, for an MBA and then into corporate and high-level success in corporate, and then switched about 11 years ago to being uh, an entrepreneur and, quite frankly, thought I'd hit it out of the park, and I didn't, and I couldn't figure out why I was struggling to be a successful entrepreneur. And as I got more and more into, so I started to follow a few different gurus in the whole area of uh, personal development. 
And Bob's teachings really stuck. And because it's all about the fact that we are all incredible, we all have the talent and capability. It's never, ever a lack of talent or capability that holds any of us back, which I was starting to go to. The longer you struggle with success, the more you, you doubt yourself and your self-image starts to, starts to weaken. But as I got into Proctor's teachings and understood that it's not the lack of talent or capability, it's that subconscious programming, like your self-image, your beliefs, your habits, your attitudes, that's just not an alignment. And as you move to get that into alignment, then su success starts to come your way quite quickly. And that's what happened with me as I immersed myself in Bob's teachings. And these days, wow, with the power of the internet and social media, you know, it's pretty hard to stay on track and to, to not be bothered by what people say about you and what they think about you, even though they might not even know you. I mean, it's a very, very dangerous weapon sometimes. And where do you find the strength to and the courage and that shield of life in order to, you know, get past that kind of bullying? That's such a great question because bullying is a huge issue today. What you learn as you get into proctors, and, probably, you know, Bob will say all the time, and he has, he has bragging rights because none of it's his. A lot of the material that we're learning goes back decades, if not century, over a century. And it's all based on the fact that you need to live from the inside out, to your point. You know, all the stuff externally can affect us. But the more you understand that you are a goldmine of talent, of giftedness, of capability, that what other, I think it was Wayne Dyer who said, what other people think of me is none of my business. <laughs> what a great, what a great quote, if you can live by that one. But, you know, when you immerse into these kinds of teachings, you start to feel that. You start to connect deeper with, with yourself, more authentic, more authentically with yourself. You start, to, you start to gain an awareness of, oh my God, I am capable of so much more. There's no limit. Science and theology both agree we all have unlimited potential that we're barely scratching the surface. That's not only powerful concept to get, to get uh, embracing, to start to embrace, but it's empowering. And that's where you can start to block out the stuff that comes our way, which we all face it. This is the last weekend of the year 2019. A lot of people are thinking about how to approach 2020, how maybe to better improve themselves, so maybe by making a resolution or two. Is it a slippery slope when we think about resolutions? Are we maybe putting too much pressure on ourselves? I think, and what we teach is, I mean, one of the seminars that I do um, monthly is called Roadmap to Massive Success. And it's all about understanding the power of goal, set, goal setting and goal achieving. Because we, most of us, first of all, don't give ourselves permission to truly go inside and go, what do I really want? And it's, it's perfect timing for doing this because we're not only on the brink of a new year, but a new decade. So to start thinking about what do I want and going internally, because all success, here's a fact, all success begins with desire. Desire is not the intellectual thinking, and New Year's res resolutions tend to be that intellectual, conscious, maybe I'll start working out three days a week, right? But desire comes from the subconscious, comes from that internal level. So if you would really like to see change in 2020, you got to go inside first and go, what do I really want? Give ourselves permission to some, explore that. Some people want signposts, though, you know, in a way that if they say uh, to their loved one or to their dearest friend, I 
and making a resolution, and it is to be kinder to people in 2020. So that they're putting it out there, and it's the signpost on their journey, on their road to what they hope is happiness and peace and success. Is that okay, or are we setting ourselves up for failure? No, that well, that's okay. But here's the thing: the the mind. A beautiful analogy here is the mind is like a GPS. So a lot of a lot of people I speak with will say, "Well, I would love my goal would be to have be financially healthy." That's a condition. It's not a goal. So to be nice is a condition, not a goal, or 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 a state of being, if you will. A goal has to be specific. So for a GPS, you can't say Toronto or Montreal or Seattle. You've got to say 175 King Street or whatever it is. The mind is exactly like that. It needs a clear destination. So not so first of all, it needs to come from desire, from, from that inner voice speaking to you, what do I want? And secondly, you've got to be crystal clear. Once you get that clarity and the mind hooks onto that, and, and the hook on means it's you're going to commit to it. That committed decision is the go button on the GPS. Once your mind is clear and you've hit the go button saying, you know what, I'm going to make this happen, just like a GPS, the mind starts to pop the thoughts, the ideas to make it happen. Give me an example of what some of the resolutions, the, the goals, the desires, what are they? What are you hearing from your clients? Well, because we work with creating massive success, quantum leap success, we don't believe in incrementalism. You're sitting on so much talent, you don't have to settle for incrementalism. Uh, then a lot of my clients are going for four, five, ten times in their revenues if it's on the financial side. Some of them are going, I'm going to finally run that marathon. I've, and they've never even run a triathlon, but they want that marathon. So these are big dream goals. We're capable of dream goals. Why do I suggest going for dream goals? Dream goals means you're engaging at the emotional level. It's that emotional engagement that is going to be a game changer for you. Otherwise, again, it just sets, sits in the uh, conscious mind and it's just wishful thinking. So we move into 2020. We've made decisions about how we would like to move forward through the year and even through the decade, the new decade. What if we stumble along the way? How do we protect ourselves from disappointment and, you know, keep on going? Uh, well, first of all, we all stumble, right? We, all, we, we get things thrown in our path. So the stronger your desire is and the stronger your commitment is, and, and you know, unfortunately, most people don't make that committed decision. And what I mean by that is no excuses, yeah. right? We all have excuses. Well, you know, my daughter just came home or, or, or uh, actually a friend of mine got, it was quite humorous. She said, you know, let's do it in December. Oh, December's not good. It's Christmas. How about January? Oh, but January's not good because everybody's recovering from Christmas. How about February? Well, it's Valentine's Day and then March is and then April. And then, oh, we've all got excuses. So when, you, when you're clear on what you want and it comes from desire and you have made that committed decision, that in and of itself is going to help you get through those bumps in the road that we all get. But the other thing to remember is that, again, we all do face the bumps in the, road, in the roads. And law of rhythm, there's many different natural laws of how this universe operates. And one is by rhythm. When you go down, you're going to come up the other side. Mm -hmm. So, hey, just keep nurturing your dreams. You know, whatever that goal is, keep nurturing it. Keep focused on it. Visualization helps a lot. That if you keep doing that, keep nurturing those seeds, it'll come back. You'll still you'll, you'll weather the storm. Do you believe in affirmations and reaffirmations? And I think about one of my favorite books. It's called The Help, and in it there is a very small line, and it's "You are smart, you are kind, you are important." 
And when I have, when I stumble and fall, and that happens frequently, that's what I say to myself. I don't look in the mirror, by the way, because I don't like to do that. But I, I envision myself, and I'm saying it to my other self. You are kind. You are smart. You are kind. You are important. And it helps me. Do you have a mantra that you believe in? Oh, absolutely. Affirmations absolutely work because they're what you're what you're doing with affirmations is reprogramming that subconscious mind with your self-image and, and beliefs about yourself. And that reprogramming can only, ha- can only happen two ways. One is an emotional trauma. You don't want to go that route. And the only other way is through that consistency of repetition. So affirmations absolutely work. Now, the problem is you can have the affirmations going that are so contrary to your self-image. If affirmations are, are, are so contrary to your self-image, you can say them till the cows come home and they won't work. So you want to get affirmations aligned with self-image, and self-image is probably the biggest block of our programming that gets in our way. So self-image always has to be worked on and tweaked and that sort of thing. You have opened my eyes. You've opened my mind. You've opened my heart. Fascinating. And I thank you so much for giving us your thoughts and, and some of the thoughts that Bob Proctor lives by and believes in. If people want to get in touch with you, if they want to work with you, if they want to you know, be helped by you, where should they go? They can just go to sandyrutherford.com, and there's a, a button on the, the website that says book a breakthrough session. It's free. There's no obligation, but I'd love to chat. Happy New Year, Sandy. Thank you so much, Anne. You too. If you want to hear more from Sandy Rutherford or watch her coaching videos, go to york24-7.com. Well, we are just about to, to say goodbye to the year 2019 and say hello to 2020. And what better person to speak with about the future and maybe even a little look at the past, Psychic Nikki. I think you are one of the best in the business, Nikki. Thank you for joining us on the feed. Oh, thanks so much, Ann. It's nice to hear your voice. And yours as well. So let's talk about what you predicted in 2019 that has actually come true. Well, I predicted the impeachment of Donald Trump. President Donald Trump right now, and uh, predicted that last year in 2019. And a lot of people didn't think that would happen, but it has happened. Now, it is up to the Senate, the Republicans, so he might not be out of office, but, you know, it's going to be a slow process here. And uh, I don't think that he will get another term. You know, a lot of people say he will. He's done a pretty good job with the economy, I don't see him there, and I don't see Joe Biden there. I see somebody else. It could be even a woman. And speaking of women, do you see Melania sticking around? No, I see Melania actually leaving Washington and maybe leaving him. I'm getting that, you know. They're not going to like that, but that's what I'm getting. Let's move to the other side of the border. Uh, We have a minority government, which means it could fall at any time. A lot of people predicting a couple of years, but what are your thoughts when it comes to the minority liberal government, Justin Trudeau, in the year 2020? Well, there's going to be more scandal around both parties, believe me. And uh, it's very scandalous in the United States right now, and it's going to be like that in, in Canada as well. So I really think there's going to be another election within a year, for sure. I don't think you have to wait two years for an election. I think it's going to be less than two years. And do you foresee another scandal involving, a revelation involving Justin Trudeau in 2020? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a. I I like Justin Trudeau. I just think that um, there could be something coming up from before as well, like maybe ten or fifteen years ago again around him. Um, he still will remain popular, um, but I. That's what I see: some scandal, or there could be some sexual stuff around different politicians in Ottawa, not necessarily him. Let's talk about celebrities on both sides of the border. And one of my favorite people to walk this earth, and I hope he continues for many years, is Alex Trebek. Yes, and I've met Alex several times. We had a mutual friend, and he's a wonderful human being, a wonderful person, and I wish him well. I did predict his health issues, and he does have stage four cancer, unfortunately, but he's a fighter, you know, and he's fighting it the best way he can. And I also predicted his awards as well. I think he is an amazing human being. You also predicted in 2019 that there would be trouble in paradise between a very well-known couple, Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake. Who else is uh, going to be facing a troubling uh, and uh, challenging journey in 2020? Oh, you know what? I see Kim Kardashian and Kanye splitting. Definitely splitting in 2020, both of them. She's going to go her way. He's going to go his way. There's going to be millions at stake, but I do see it. And I kind of see the Kardashian brand going down a little bit as well. Now, she may become a lawyer as well. (laughs) Yeah, there have been hints Uh, of that. Yeah, I just see something. And he's got to be careful of danger as well, Kanye. And I also, um, Harry and Meghan, I predicted a possible move from them from Britain. So that is probably going to happen. And I predicted their child, Archie, as well. And she's going to have another child. It's going to be another child soon. And Nikki, do you predict that they will be able to weather the storm? It's so difficult being in the uh, limelight as they are and, you know, coming from such different backgrounds. Will they be able to stick it out? Well, I'm hoping. I love the royal family. Um, I, I do believe Megan's going to give it her all, but you know, it's like princess Diana. She had that problem with the paparazzi, but I do some having another home besides Britain and they're going to have another child besides Archie. There'll be a pregnancy. And also, um, I think Kate and William will have another child too, but I'm, I'm thinking the monarchy is going to change in 2020 due to a couple of deaths in the Royal family. So the monarchy is going to change pretty quick, and I think Prince Charles will become king. And are you able to, and I know you're not comfortable with this, but I still will ask, who is it that we might lose in 2020? Well, last year I predicted that uh, we would lose Valerie Harper, and we would lose Doris Day. Of course, they're older and had some health issues, and Robert Evans, the producer, Um yeah, there is, there's a, quite a few of them, but, you know, I'd rather not talk about death. Yes. I want to talk about happier stuff. Understood. I mean, I, I, I think that I'm really worried um, about certain stars in Hollywood as well. Um, I'm worried about Johnny Depp, about his well-being, Heather Locklear. Hmm. I mean, there's certain ones in Hollywood that are really, really, I'm not feeling good about it. And I love... Johnny Depp, and I wish Heather well. She's had a lot of issues that I predicted. Mick Jagger also had health issues, which I predicted. He went to the hospital and had some heart issues. 
So, you know, there's a lot of stars that are getting older as well. Steve Tyler has to watch his health. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot. Stevie Wonder. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that way. And Harvey Weinstein, you know, I really feel like he's going to end up in the hospital or jail or something here. Might be both. <laughs> uh, it might be both. Let's uh, bring the focus back on to Canadians. Uh, Justin Bieber makes headlines for so many reasons, and sometimes the least of which is his music. Uh, he's newly wed. Uh, somehow they seem to be making a go of it. What are your predictions for them in 2020? Well, you know, I see him as a father. I mean, I see a baby coming, but I also predicted his meltdown, too. Um, I think he's going to make a little bit of a comeback music-wise, too, something new, you know? He's very innovative, and, uh, you know, he's lived kind of a, a, a wild life starting off as a teen star, you know? So I think he really wants family life, but he still has to watch, you know for people around him who are jealous and that kind of thing. Managers, agents, people like that. And one final prediction, uh, and if you don't mind, I will uh, ask it on behalf of 105.9 The Region. The most amazing people I have ever worked with and have the privilege of working with. What's going to happen to this great station, this moving and shaking station? Well, you know what? I see an expansion there of your station. And, I mean, it could even go to TV as well, like 1059, the region television as well. So it could be TV and and radio combined. And I see you moving the building, or you moving from that premises to a larger space, a modern space. How do you feel about that, Ed? Well, I just love hearing all of the things that you've had to say right from the beginning to this point. Psychic Nikki, how can people get in touch with you to find out about their own lives and their own futures? Okay, well, you can go to my website, psychicnikki.com. I like it. Short and sweet, simple, wonderful, clear, effervescent. That's you. You're beautiful. Thank you, Psychic Nikki, and all the best in 2020. This is The Feed on 105.9 The Region. I'm Ann Romer. If you missed any part of our show, go to 1059theregion.com for a replay. Next on the show, we replay the musical highlights of 2019. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Amber Pay, and I am here with our music coordinator, Christina Lavecchia. Hi. And uh, we decided that it would be a really great idea to sort of wrap up the year that was in music history and then talk a little bit about some of the local artists that came in here to 105.9 The Region. And then you're going to tell us what's coming up in 2020 as we close out this decade of incredible music. So... Let's just get to the most amazing performer and award winner that we had in 2019, Taylor Swift. She had a great year. Mm -hmm. She released her seventh album, Lover. She received Billboard's Woman of the Decade honor, and she accepted AMA's Artist of the Decade award as well. And she beat MJ's record for the most AMA wins. That's incredible. And a little bit of controversy with her and her former, I guess, 
record label as well and all of that and all of her Swifties came to her rescue. Yes. That's when you know you've made it. And she just turned 30 in 2019. She did. Not too long ago. So that's a huge accomplishment. Uh, We have, I guess, Selena Gomez. Can we call her sort of a comeback queen? I think so. She's had a bit of a tough uh, couple years between her health issues and breakup with Justin Bieber as well. So she's made quite a bit of a comeback with Lose You to Love Me and Look at Her Now, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a look at, you know, a reflection of her breakup and as well as how far she's come. Okay, everybody swoon together. Sean Mendez and Camila Cabello. (laughs) Is anybody tired of this couple yet? Oh, no, not at all. Um, I feel like we've been talking about this since uh, summer, which is not that long ago, but... uh, (laughs) Feels like forever, doesn't it? It's a lot of making out. (laughs) Yay! Or almost making out. Almost. Almost. Well, there was that one video where they kind of did a parody of them, I guess, people were kind of maybe that should never that. have been done no I, like that's something that I, a lot of us can't unsee it's <laughs> true but but that was basically what thrust them into the spotlight and of course that one song that they did together but this is not the only song they've done together back in 2015 they actually did another collab but they weren't together at that time they were just friends it was i know what you did last summer okay. so this time they're dating, so I guess it's a different kind of feel. And they are going to be celebrating the holidays here. I heard in Toronto that they're I was going to call her Selena. Camila, uh, Camila. <laughs> that'd be another controversy. We'll just add it to the list. Yeah, but they're going to celebrate New Year's Eve here in Toronto. Yes, they are. Well, that's what I heard. So I hope she brought some worn clothes. Yes, <laughs> Lizzo. This woman is unbelievable. And I first yes. heard about her, I think last. I'm going to say last May. And what I heard about her, and I said, I don't know who that is, is that her concerts are almost like an experience of positivity and everybody loving each other. But her music is just, it's incredible. She's amazing. I love Truth Hurts. Um, And with that, there was some controversy with that song as well. With The lyrics. Yeah, she was accused of stealing some lyrics or she wasn't crediting certain people. But she did attest to part of um, a tweet that she was inspired by. So she did give credit to that artist as well. Oh, that's So, yeah. And that's what you should do. And she was actually named Times Entertainer of the Year for 2019. So she's had an amazing year. She's just an amazing performer. I love her too. And this was sort of a crossover. And when I first heard this song from Lil Nas X and uh, the country guy, Miley's father. Billy Billy Ray Ray Cyrus. Sorry, I got it. (laughs) Billy Ray. I thought, this is going to be a weird song. And at first, I didn't like it. And then, like everybody else, I started to really like it. It took me time to warm up to it as well. And he's a pretty cool guy, this Lil Nas X. Yes, he's great. And uh, we have uh, one final one we want to talk about because this, this, I want to say girl, but I guess she's a woman now. Uh, Billie Eilish blew me away with that song. And yes. she was only 17 years old. She just turned 18 mm-hmm. and Billboard's Woman of the Year. And she actually knocked out Billy Ray Cyrus's and Little Nas's ex-Old Town Road song from a 19-week domination. So she just took them out. And she's actually the first artist born in 2000s to have a number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100. Incredible. And I really think she's talented too. And she she writes with her brother. So I think that's really cool too. All right, uh, Miss Christina, we are going to chat about some of the amazing artists that came here Mm -hmm. into our studios because there were a lot of them. 
There were. So I kind of came up with a top five list just uh, to run down. So one of the artists, he didn't come in studio, but he did a tribute to the Cranberries, Dolores O'Riordan. So he kind of remade their song, the Cranberry song, Zombie, and his title is called One More Time. And who are we talking about? Steve Liquid Holly. He was part of Brand Band 3000. Oh, right. So we chatted about, you know, the song, and he had um, connected with Dolores's people before she passed, so we could have him speak a little bit about the song now. Okay. It gets to Dolores's ear, and uh, the process kind of started at that point, you know. That's the being bittersweet because she, she was a fan of Brand Van, I'm told, by Warner. And uh, and one thing led to another, and the song was there, and Warner put their stamp on it. Unfortunately, after Dolores passed, but she had approved it with the family because we're now it's now kind of registered as a co-publishing between uh, Dolores and myself. We were kind of at that point where she was going to come to Montreal on her tour, and the, the dream was to get on stage and perform it with her live uh, as a member of Brand Van and a solo artist now uh, uh, doing that song. And then we had Melodica, and she was born in Montreal but came to Toronto to pursue her music career. And uh, she's a, an amazing young artist. And she did a music video which involved Silver Paint. So I'll have her explain a little bit about that. Okay, Silver Painted. <laughs> For anyone who hasn't already seen the music video for Joyride. Melodica is walking in an industrial area. You're painted head to toe in silver (laughs) and you have two mouths painted on the palms of your hands. I kind of woke up one day and I'm like, oh my God, that would be such a cool like costume. So when I had the idea of putting like the mouths that you see on the hands, it's Mm -hmm. kind of that concept of speak no evil, kind of like you're brushing off the negative vibes. The big question is, did it take you a lot of time to scrub off that paint? It took that four process? hours to put the paint on. <laughs> yeah. Just removing it in the shower. I think that was the <laughs> longest shower of my life. And we have Nyx as well. Uh, she's a Toronto-based artist. She's a great young artist as well. And I was actually watching TV one day and um, I heard this song in the background. I was watching MTV and um, it was the show Ghosted. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I haven't. Um, but I just heard the song in the background. I'm like, you know what? This sound, I like this song. And I'm like, it sounds so familiar. And it's playing in the background. And usually MTV plays the titles at, at the bottom with this accompanying artist and it was Nyx and at the time when she came in studio she was like you know a network um, I just got a message from a network or however it went down and you know um, my song's going to be played on on a show and at the time we didn't know what it was and then I kind of just clicked I'm like oh there you go there's a wow that's amazing yeah good for her who else have you got for us? And we have Crash Adams. Um, I know you've seen I them. I remember them. Yes. They were so stylish. Yes, matching suits. Yes, they were They were very gentlemanly, and they were really nice, yes, too. Yes, they were. And one always had the sunglasses on. Um, he's Adams, had the glasses oh, on. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one's named Crash, and the other one's Adams. So oh, it's Crash Adams. Now I got it. And uh, they're from York Region as well. You know, and they have actually a story that they told us that involved... His grandmother's red couch and Young and Dundas. So I'll have them explain about it. Okay. It's, it's funny because everybody just looks at you. You just walk by and everyone's wondering what's going on. And I like, I like seeing the reactions of people when they see something that's out of the norm. Kind of walking around with suits and a couch. It's, you wouldn't see that every day. So. And it got over 1 million views on social as yeah. well, right? Yeah. On TikTok, we got, we got over a million views. 
And we have uh, John Marchese. Um, he's been in the business for more than 20 years. He's a York Region uh, resident as well. And he's actually opened for Bon Jovi, The Scorpions, Honeymoon Suite, and Def Leppard. Wow. Yes. So he's he's amazingly talented as well. And um, um, him and his band came in studio. And he told us a story that involved the Scorpions and a June bug. Ooh, let's listen to that. Drummer was about to do his drum solo. Everything's fine. And it was outdoor venue. And a June bug flew into his oh, yeah. mouth. Oh, yeah. He started choking on stage. Oh, no. They had to oh, pretty much try to get the stick out of him. During the song. During the song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. So this yeah. whole spiel happened. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I just remember being at side stage saying, like, what did he swallow? He swallowed a bug. I was yeah. like, he swallowed a bug. And he was choking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. my yeah. God. Yeah, did they like, have to stop at the performance? Or actually, the bass player uh, saved the day. He walked out on stage and he played for a good five minutes trying to, you know, distract the crowd from what was actually happening. But As they're pumping his chest. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. he, was, he was coughing back, yeah, yeah, back yeah. there, so. Nobody knew but us. And uh, for, you know, some honorable mentions, we've had some other great artists come in as well. We had Brie Taylor. We had Songsbury. Uh, you had Songsbury. Yes. That man stole my heart. <laughs> he was lovely. And Jacqueline Hanna, who came in as well. She's from Aurora. Miles Marcus came in from the States. Okay. So, yeah, he came in. Um, we had Chino and Nicole Jascott. The Solsters, who are also a York Region band. And Mike Ruby. And we had Daddy Fernandez and Carl Wolf. Oh, yes. So. I certainly know their names. And we play them a lot. Yes. To check out all these artists' performances, you can head on over to york24-7.com. Amazing, amazing stuff. And there is a lot of talent here in York Region. Yes. Uh, and so happy to have uh, uh, artists from the area come in. And I assume in 2020, we're going to have a lot more of them as well. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk about 2020 now because there are some artists that are releasing new albums and some are coming on tour. So in general... Releasing stuff in June or June. I don't even know what month I'm at now. I've already got this in June because I'm sick of the cold weather. In January, we have a lot of different artists coming uh, to the city and they're releasing songs as well. So, uh, upcoming music for 2020 in January, we have Kesha, Selena Gomez, Halsey. The Pet Shop Boys from the 80s and Ozzy Osbourne is going yes. to release something new. I'm, I'm interested for that one. In February, Green Day, uh, Alanis Morissette is releasing something in May. And then we have other people like Dua Lipa. Mm -hmm. She's going to release something we just don't know when. And also Cardi B. She's going to release Tiger Woods. And concerts as well. Uh, we are bringing back Elton John in March for a two-night stay at the Scotiabank Arena. Post Malone, there's a big one coming in. In February, mm -hmm. and uh, Niall Horan and Harry Styles, they'll be coming towards the warmer months because they're smart, and some of the outdoor concerts as well that uh, we want to talk about, Walk Off the Earth, and this one is important because... It's their first tour since the loss of their band member, Mike Beard Guy Taylor, who they lost in 2018. So it'll be a nice comeback for them as well. And they recently released uh, their fifth album, Here We Go. And they're going to be at Budweiser Stage on June 26th. Alanis Morissette is coming back on tour. Yes, I'm excited about this. And it's, it's support of her 1995 album, Jay Good Little Pill. 
And so she's taking it on the road, and the album turns 25. Wow. And she's great, too. Maroon 5 is also coming to Budweiser Stage with Megan Trainer And Journey, along with the Pretenders. I love Journey, and so does Jim Lang. Don't Stop Believing is Jim Lang's song. So Journey with the Pretenders coming to Budweiser Stage on July the 13th. So everybody's looking forward to that one as well. And there's one other big performance, which I'm super excited about. Okay, go. The Super Bowl. The, of course, the Super Bowl. I'm so looking forward to this. I love Jennifer Lopez and I love Shakira as well. So it's just amazing. Who's watching football when you can watch the halftime? Yes. When is the Super Bowl? It is on February 2nd. So it's soon. It's coming up and it's happening in Miami. No other place better for J-Lo and Shakira. Yes. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> You're listening to The Feed on 105.9 The Region. Tax season may be a few months away, but the Canada Revenue Agency scams are already making the rounds. Afua Ba with tips on protecting yourself. Scams, they're becoming more elaborate these days that it's sometimes hard to know the difference. So to help us out today and to protect ourselves with the right information is none other than uh, tax professional, tax guru, tax enthusiast, (laughs) tax helper, Lisa Gittens with H&R Block Canada. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Okay, so... um, we're talking today about CRA scams, and before we get into any specifics, it seems like scams of any kind, really, are becoming more elaborate these days. Correct. They are definitely becoming more elaborate, and what we're also finding is it's not just one phone call or one email, but you're getting multiple calls and multiple emails. So it's annoying as well as frustrating. I love that you said annoying for us. Now that we got that type of emotion out of our system, you hit the nail on the head there. Okay, Um, so let's try to help the listeners. Uh, Today we're tackling the CRA scams. Uh, So maybe what's the first thing uh, one should probably be aware of if they get a call and they're saying that uh, they're from the CRA and uh, they have to give some sort of information? What should be the first thing that um, someone should do? One of the things I suggest before you even get into the call, when they say that they're calling you from CRA, ask them immediately for their CRA agent ID. It is typically a four-digit code followed by four, two letters. And if you write that down and they provide it to you, then proceed with the call. What I have found with myself and other clients Once you ask for that agent ID, if it is fraudulent, they will hang up right away because they're unable to provide you with that information. Once you have that information, that agent ID, you can then ask them for a contact number or better yet, 
go directly to the CRA website, contact the number on the screen that CRA provides you with because there are multiple numbers for looking up your tax information or if you have to update something. So look at the number directly on the CRA website, call, and then let them know you received a call from this agent and they will connect you directly. So right away there, you are getting to speak direct to CRA and speaking to the agent, knowing then that phone call is recorded by CRA for your verification. When the caller is typically, if they stay on the line or they muddle up and they give you an agent ID and they insist that you answer questions and they don't hang up, things that you're looking for on the call, are they pressuring you to act immediately? That's a warning signal because they should be giving you time, providing you with information, and then giving you time to verify that information. Once they have told you what they're calling about, whether it's a balance owing or a refund they have for you, again, at this stage, you are able to hang up, contact CRA through the website, reference the agent number, and then continue your conversation. If you're getting multiple calls, things that you should be thinking about, why are they pressuring me? Did I indeed file my tax return on time? And do I have a notice of assessment or reassessment directly from Revenue Canada that I can verify information with? What we found with these scams is they're typically asking you for uh, providing your personal information like your social insurance number or your banking information because they're insisting that you make a payment right away. CRA will never be asking you to pay through bitcoins or gift cards. These are two of the recent scams that have been in our headlines and that our clients have been receiving. Revenue Canada accepts payments through your online banking, through their website, or directly through your bank teller. If that call that you received is legitimate through an agent and it's a collections officer, then they will discuss with you options of how to make a payment using one of those three options. Your online banking at your convenience, through the Revenue Canada's website, or through your bank. Okay, so where do I begin with this? The first one is I had no idea about the uh, CRA number. I feel like I can confidently say most Canadians didn't know that there is um, a sort of ident- identification number that they can ask for in order to verify that indeed they are speaking with a cert- CRA uh, certified agent. And I think that's maybe the one of the best ways to sort of defend yourselves when the call immediately comes through because it's just you're inundated with information and you almost get overwhelmed that you feel like okay it sounds like they're speaking you know facts and it sounds like you know they know what they're talking about let me just give them the information that is that is your ultimate key it's like your password protector once you have that agent number and i specify it's that four digits followed by two letters because that's giving you the agent's name and the location. Now, 
Revenue Canada, once you call them, specifically connects you to that agent. If I'm on the phone and I say to you, this is Lisa Gittings and I'm calling you from Ontario and this is my office number, you as the taxpayer or the client have no way of verifying that that phone number is connecting you to Revenue Canada. It could be connecting you anywhere in the world. Just because you have my name doesn't mean that you're connecting into Revenue Canada. And so the agent ID is your first request before you say anything else to them and then verify the number on the CRA website for yourself. Okay, that's fair enough. And also, too, I don't think that uh, most know that um, CRA usually writes uh, letters first before they end up doing any sort of calls. This is correct. Now, this is another really important step. Yes, Revenue Canada may call you, but their first uh, order to reach you is through mail. They will send you a notice in the mail outlining what they're looking at, what you need to do, and how to contact them. Even for those individuals who have my account, which is a separate um, account on the Revenue Canada website that they can access themselves through the site, using the internet, on that my account, they will post the letters that they have mailed out. So they'll send it electronically and they'll send it by mail. If you have requested not to be contacted by mail and you only want it through the email, two things happen. You get an email to your personal account saying there is mail for you on the CRA website. They will not send you an email saying click on this link or click here to receive a refund. That's another scam that's going out. The email from Revenue Canada specifically directs you to go to their website and access your account. On your account, you will see any letters that they've mailed out. And those letters, each one has a unique file number. So when you're communicating with Revenue Canada, you quote that file number and it will tell the agent exactly what the situation is. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So the the identity number for the CRA agent and then first form of communication being mail. Okay. Um, And then also um, paying attention to language. I know you touched on it. If they keep asking you for um, information, if they want you to deal with them at the situation, um, that's also a very key point. And then, of course, um, the best one, one of the best ones as well, is trusting your gut, basically. That is correct. And that... Trusting your gut when they're pressuring you, saying you have to act in 24 hours or you have to act immediately, that's a definite sign you are not dealing with Revenue Canada. Let's say maybe you just hang up and whatnot and they call back. I mean, is there any way to sort of flag CRA that's saying, hey, such and such number? Or is it because it's scammers are able to sort of cloud their numbers that it's, it's almost like a, a game of Catch cat and mouse? Catch if yes, you can. Pretty much. Yes. Because the number that you see coming up on your phone is typically not a number that can be traced. And it's usually not a number that you can call back to. This is one of the other things that we found. When you're talking to them on the phone, if you ask for their first and last name and a number to reach them, it's not the number that has come up on your call display. 
So that's another red flag. You're calling me from one number, but you're telling me to call you back at a different number. That's a no-no. Do not engage with those numbers. The only numbers for you to contact Revenue Canada are clearly posted on their website. The most popular number is the 1-800-959-8281. That is the number for all individuals to contact Revenue Canada if they have a query about their return or if they've received a letter or notice that they need confirmation on. It can become scary because when you're a victim of uh, scam calls, you become weary of who to trust. It, it, it infringes on your privacy in so many different ways. Exactly. And I want to caution here. Revenue Canada never asks you for payments in bitcoins, never asks for payments in gift cards, and they will never threaten you to send the police to your door. Those are the three top things that we hear clients are receiving, and those are three major no-nos for Revenue Canada. If they do contact you, they will have written you, and they may be calling you by phone now to say, we sent you a letter because you owed money. We're calling to discuss a payment plan. Again, the agent ID will allow you to verify that, the reference number on the letter and the return that you filed allows you to verify that. The other thing is, if you didn't file a tax return, you may get a call from a CRA officer asking you to file those missing returns. They're not going to threaten you with the police showing up at your door because you failed to file. They will tell you the steps to go through and how to file that return. Revenue Canada is here to assist you, not to threaten you. Assist, but not to threaten. And those are the words we need to continue to keep. And I think that will definitely help protect us moving forward. Lisa, if anyone needs any more information um, just regarding uh, CRA scam calls, of course, uh, tips and uh, questions about taxes, uh, where can they reach you? Now, the best place for them to get any information about scams or that is straight from the Revenue Canada website. So that website is canada.ca. And once you uh, open up that webpage, you type in scams, everything that we've discussed today, how to identify, how to know that you're speaking with an agent and why they may be calling if it is Revenue Canada is on that site as well as the phone numbers to query your own tax information. They also have a telephone number on there for reporting scams. So there is a website, antifraudcenter.ca, and the number to call to report a scam, 1-888-495-8501. Lisa, thank you so much. This has been a relevant, a needed conversation. Uh, Of course, all of these tips that we can uh, begin to use so that we don't end up becoming a victim of any type of scam. Lisa, thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a wonderful day. Thank you to you as well. Well, that's our show for this week and for this year. If you missed any part of the feed or have a story idea or a community event to share, please head to our website, 1059theregion.com. I'm Ann Romer. Thank you for listening and Happy New Year.